You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bosco Users Group radio show on Community Radio 3CR, Naram, Melbourne. And uh, we acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. And uh, if you're listening to 3CR, you know it's com- Keep Community Strong. That's our Radiothon 2022 Uh Subscribe, donate, and uh, the rest of it to keep us on air. It's the only place in Melbourne you'll hear news like what I'm going to talk about today without a bias dangle. And, uh, or without any, you know, we talk about bicycles and transport. And Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio, we are indeed a show about micro-mobility, cycling, urban transport, and even broader issues. And my name's Chris, and thank you to Democracy Now! for the previous hour of Current Affairs. On today's show, I have a very, very, very full show. I'm going to be talking to Rohan Leopard uh, from City of Melbourne about item 6.9 on the future Melbourne agenda for Tuesday night. And also talking to uh, Andrews Lowe. Lohan, I hope I've got the surname correctly, and he's indeed the Dean of uh, St Paul's Cathedral, and he is a frequent commuter cyclist. Uh, I just thought it was very interesting to get someone who rides from a very different perspective than we would generally hear. And indeed, getting back to Radiothon, if you go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate, make sure you uh, can... uh, you nominate Yarrabug, or we have a Give Now uh, page, and I'll put that into the podcast description. You can go to Give Now as well, uh, and your favourite search engine on the internet, and look for Yarrabosk, we use group radio. And we've got uh, a bit of a target to reach for the show, and I hope, no, it doesn't matter what how much you can uh, help contribute, every little bit helps. Uh, you can also call the station on 9... Four one nine eight three double seven. That's Monday to Friday on business hours. To pay by credit card, you can drop in in person to twenty one Smith Street during business hours as well. Keep in mind that uh, the station has COVID safe practices for your safety and uh, and by post you can uh, make out a check or money order to three CRPO Box one two double seven Collingwood. Uh, that's three zero double six. Oh, another option is uh, you can pay by direct debit from your bank account. So you can call the station for those details. So, so many ways you can try, you can keep community radio on air. So, 
I am a little bit uh, thing for time today, so what I'll do is I'll go straight into the interviews. 3CR Radiothon 2022. 3CR, keep community strong. 3CR Radiothon fundraiser, June 2022. To donate, call 03 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. 3CR Radiothon 2022. Keep community strong. Thanks, Chris. Good to see you again. The council recommendation on Tuesday is multifaceted, but the big controversial element of that recommendation is to pause any more bicycle lane construction works inside the CBD in the next financial year. The way that's been sold to the press is that that decision has already been taken and so that's why we've seen in the last few days the age and the herald sun uh, make it pretty clear that there won't be any bicycle lane construction in the cbd in the next year i make the point that the decision hasn't actually been made yet but that seems to be the way the media cycle works these days so that is causing all sorts of controversy and correspondence to councillors and a lot of press And the point I'd like to make is that in the midst of this, somehow in the media cycle is a point that's been made by people opposing is that everything's going to get ripped out, which is not the case. No running interference, whatever. And we've got to be very clear about what the City of Melbourne is proposing and what is happening and what will remain. I agree. So there's what's actually being proposed and then there's the politics around how this stuff is communicated. I've ensured that there's no reduction in budget for new cycle infrastructure going forward. So this next financial year, we budgeted $4 million, $4 million for the year after that, $4 million for the year after that. So the proposal is not to reduce, not to take anything out, not to reduce the budget itself, but to focus on new construction works outside the CBD next financial year rather than inside. Okay. So that's the reality. But then again, there's the... Um, impression about how these proposals are shared with the press that that's when all this stuff comes unstuck because as you and I know the elements of the press especially let's just call it out the the Herald Sun and and a few drive-based radio uh, talkback shows have been calling for an end to the bike lane project for years and it was only a few moments after uh, we learned that the council was proposing to pause works inside the CBD, that the Herald Sun and your shock jocks were not only claiming a win, but saying, all right, that's a step in the right direction now. Now we want you to take out everything else. So these forces will never be happy. And there's a big lesson for government here that giving the impression that you're giving some of these people a win, they'll never be happy, right? We know that what they're asking for is bad transport policy. We know that what they're asking for is not going to keep people safe. And so in politics, momentum is everything. And I regret that council is giving the impression that we are backing off what we know to be good, safe policy. May I bring in a somewhat recent example of what happened in Geelong? 
with uh, City Council not wanting a street development down with Mallop Street and the Green Spine. And at that point, Lisa Neville stepped in. And this is where the state government have shown resolve in standing up to this is a policy, this is a strategy, whatever, which team you want to call it, and we're going to move forward with redeveloping and having more amenable and friendlier streets instead of, and we could go off um, into very long subject about how and what we use our cities. Absolutely, and, and good on her for doing that. I mean, it was a project that had state funding and the state didn't want to see the funding it had already committed being wasted. And so there was that other element of, ownership by the state government over a particular project, even though it was a local road. They've done a great job. I mean, Mallop Street needs to have so much more done to it. I was down there last week and, and went out of my way to ride up and down Mallop Street just to make a point. So it's it's I'm glad that Minister Neville stepped in when she did. What we don't have in the CBD, though, is that strong ownership from the state government over what's trying to be achieved here. And that is purely and simply because um, the cabinet members are very nervous about associating themselves with a policy that is still not popular in the outer suburbs of Melbourne where the marginal seats are. So there's this big political stoush over what should happen in the CBD, uh, which is not a seat that the state government holds. And the state is not keen on partnering with the council uh, to deliver this strategy. So putting aside all the stuff that's happening on Tuesday, we really, really do need to work harder to get that shared ownership over what we're trying to achieve for for the future of the city. Because at the moment, um, we've got two levels of government that are not in, in lockstep. And it's a bit like what was happening in Sydney 10 years ago. The fixation on profit is putting so many lives and communities at risk. Communities that are contributing the least to the increase of climate change, but are facing the worst of its impacts. We have had enough. We need a fair transition to renewable energy now, so that every person has the right to be able to live safely, wherever they may be. 3CR Radiothon 2022. Keep communities strong. To donate, call 03 9419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. Keep community strong. very similar to what happened in Sydney with a particular shock jock who's now retired and not berating people over the airwaves. His opposition to the Sydney cycleways was feral and it didn't work in the long term. Sydney cycleways have been embraced by people up there who use them and it's just part of the furniture, the road furniture, whatever term you want to use it. People like them, they want to see more of them. In, in Melbourne, I could say from a perspective of monitoring the media for a long, long time, I think what you've said about political differences and fears is spot on. The, the thing is, it doesn't take much to actually 
oh, how could I put it? This isn't the huge issue they think it's going to put off out of suburb seats. And the, yeah, the elephant in the room here is we're talking about the state election coming up for November. The 2014 election was kind of fought on East West Link, and that was a big inner city issue, but it also impacts everybody else in the uh, in Melbourne and Victoria because of what it entailed and the costs involved. And this is the thing where we've got to get past inner and outer suburb division and rural as well, because everyone's getting a poor serve. Uh, talking about CBD bike lanes as the issue actually does them a big disservice of the good things they could be doing. Absolutely. And, and if... And I do think we need to take a metropolitan view of this to get over these political divides. Now, it's no uh, secret that I'm a ratbag Greens member. I'm not a member of Labor or Liberal. But if I look at what's happening in New South Wales, there's an active transport minister who's committed $960 million for active transport projects in Greater Sydney over the next five years and has said uh, in the press three weeks ago that that should actually be doubled. Whereas in Victoria, I can only count $52 million worth of active transport projects in Greater Melbourne over the next four years. And we have a roads minister. This Green is saying the Libs have got this a whole lot better than Labor does here in Victoria. And I'm not talking about the Victorian Liberals, of course. They're, they're even bigger dinosaurs than the current Labor government. But um, it can be done and it can be surprising where this political support can come from. The benefit of Sydney is that you've got two levels of government in lockstep about what needs to be done to make the city safe. And that's I'm pretty jealous about that. Getting back to um, agenda item 6.9, what can people do? I mean, at time of recording, this is Sunday afternoon, it'll be going to air on Monday morning. What can people do? I've not prompted this, but it looks online like there will be a gathering of um, cyclists out the front of Town Hall uh, at 5.30. Uh, but the most important thing that can be done is today, let's say it's Monday today, just sharing your thoughts and experiences about uh, how you get around the CBD uh, with council. So if you jump on the council's website, you can click right through to the meeting page for Tuesday night. There's a submissions portal at the top of that page. Even if it's a very, very, in fact, shorter submissions are more read by councillors than longer ones, I have to say. So just sharing uh, your experiences of the CBD bike lanes and what you'd like to see for the future of your city. I'm not going to tell you what to write. It can only help because the council uh, needs to learn from the communications around what's happened over the last few days and make sure that um, it doesn't keep wobbling on what it knows to be good policy that keeps people alive. Yeah, and we'll put the um, into the podcast description for this. I'll put the direct link to the Future Melbourne thing for the meeting for the 7th of June, and that's going to be at 5.30, but please get the stuff, everything in as soon as you can before the 10 a.m. deadline on Tuesday morning. I don't know how else to say. I feel uh, frustration that uh, there's been a phenomenal surge of people, not just the inner suburbs, but everywhere else who have wanted something better for a very long time. And we're still getting crumbs. And I, I'm not having a go at all the work you've done in the city of Melbourne, but you've got to understand we're up against some very entrenched, moneyed, if you want to call it, uh, opposition. And things can change really swiftly. And as we saw a fortnight ago, things can change extremely swiftly with a federal election. City of Melbourne, I've got to hold their resolve and commit to this project and not be swayed by 
hyperbole and a lot of quite misleading statements about the separate infrastructure in the city of Melbourne. Absolutely. And one last little stat I'll leave you with. On a sunny day, the bike lanes have now got more e-scooter users in them than cyclists. And it shows how dynamic this policy field is and how quickly we need to respond to the reality of what's happening on the streets. And so we can only ever do one thing, which is to look at the data and respond accordingly. And these new statistics are really exposing just how dogmatic um, some of the views uh, from your more regressive commentators might be, because it really shows that they're only ever going to have a vision for the city that is about through traffic for cars. And I'm sorry, we're a metropolis of over 5 million people now. We can't go back to 1950s. These bicycle lanes are moving a spectacular number of people, not only on bikes, on e-scooters as well. And we should be embracing the congestion busting, economy boosting reality that those bike lanes bring. They caution to First Nations peoples that this ad contains sensitive content about the stolen generations. For many Aboriginal Victorian community members, the trauma from forced removal still runs deep. In consultation with community, the Victorian Government has developed the Stolen Generations Reparations Package. We acknowledge there is still more to be done to address injustice experienced by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. For more information, contact 1800 566 071 or please visit the website. A 3CR supporter. My name is Dean Andreas Lerver and I'm both a keen cyclist and in my day job I am the Dean of St Paul's Cathedral here in the middle of the CBD. And one of the things I'm particularly uh, keen about is to ensure that many more people can safely make their way onto our roads, uh, particularly to commute like I do into the CBD. I was disheartened to see that Council is thinking about slowing down its progress on the introduction of safe bicycle lanes, which I've much appreciated, and many, many others too, of course. And uh, I'm really rather hopeful that Council might rethink, because the safety of cyclists in the CBD is incredibly important. Uh, and the ability to get more people off the roads uh, from uh, fossil fuel driven vehicles into self-propelled vehicles or even electric bikes would be much desirable in this climate emergency that we face. Yeah, I have to ask though, you say you commute to your place of work, which is St Paul's Cathedral. That's right. Yeah. And how have you found the changes? Because this implementation from the City of Melbourne was from about 2020 onwards. What have That's you right. seen personally? So- it's become much better. So uh, one of the things, and with Yarra Council doing the same, so I I, I, uh, traverse Yarra Council, uh, with Yarra Council doing the same, particularly with the the pop-up lanes on Brunswick, which I sincerely hope will will become permanent. I found it much faster. I found it much safer. The lanes that have been particularly put in uh, on roads like Exhibition have transformed commuting uh, simply because, you know, when I uh, return from home, 
uh, and have to scale the hill that is Parliament Hill, uh, it's really quite good to know that I'm in my own lane quite safely and that the only other people I'm contending with is pedestrians and other cyclists uh, and not cars. So I've found it a significantly improved system, particularly having a designated separate lane. Uh, and so I'd really encourage people uh, on council to, to think again, because the traversing of the HODL grid uh, can be quite frightening, uh, particularly in Russia. Yes, and this is the thing I think is missing from the conversation about providing safe cycling infrastructure, is that there, we have this image or thing of a cyclist has got to be some hardened individual, and it's like it should be a, more of a, a gentler way of getting about. And I think the conversation's got to broaden and change. Like we're used to... I don't know from from someone who's been writing for you know I've been watching this sort of stuff for 25 years and we've got to change the way that we perceive the role of cycling for transport and that's why I wanted to speak to you because it just struck me as really interesting that someone from your background rides and you see it as in a very efficient way of getting about and a safe way of getting about when provision is given. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm both uh, I'm both a keen amateur rider, and so I do understand about riding uh, off roads and on trails, and uh, riding in riding gear, uh, and uh, and you know really getting the case down. Uh, but also for my commute, I ride in my work gear, which um, because my commute is is not a not a tremendously lengthy commute. It takes about twenty minutes to get in. Uh, there is no kind of sense that I will arrive at my workplace sweating and <laughs> exhausted. So I can actually cycle in in a suit. I've done that in the in the past. Now in the winter, I'm uh, I'm wearing the kind of gear that our operational team are wearing, uh, which is just a sort of marked up um, marked up jersey that says St Paul's Cathedral Melbourne on it. And often I'm wearing two of them because it's so freezing at the moment. Oh, yes. um, <laughs> right gloves. <laughs> they are your friends. I I really. Uh, know about a number of colleagues uh, who, who do like riding into work. I know that state government is making fantastic provisions available to its public servants. I've got a friend who cycles in every day from, uh, from Footscray into the CBD. Uh, he works with the state government. They've got these incredible change facilities. And yes, if you're cycling in from Footscray, you probably need those. Yes. But the people who are riding in, are ordinary human beings. They're not super athletes. We, um, you know, we're coming in after we've had our breakfast and our first cup of coffee. Uh, and so we're not, you know, there uh, at, at our peak performance. And then to be able to have a place that is just a safe environment on which we know uh, it's really very hard for a car to, go, to kind of blind spot us or hit us is from my point of view, extraordinarily reassuring and certainly the thing that encourages me on a freezing morning to go and use the bike rather than hop in the car. The other thing that I find really amazing is, of course, it takes a fraction of the time uh, for me to come in by bike on the occasions that I do have to come in by car because I have a, you know, a meeting out in, I don't know, in the Yarra Valley during the middle of the day that I need to get to uh, where I'm not able to get by public transport I do find that it takes a fraction of the time for me to ride in uh, than it would be uh, if I were to commute by car. I'm forever passing stationary traffic. And again, that's another thing to think about is what kind of infrastructure do we want that enables people perhaps to 
uh, ride for part of their commute. Yes, you're talking getting into mixed mode and the best throughput, the best throughput for getting vast amounts of people around from where they need to go is good public transport provision, aided and abetted by cycling and scooters and walking. And Australia, we have a real predominance on cars because that's what's happened after the Second World War. That's what's happened. That's what's occurred. But invariably, there are factors which you have mentioned. We need to look at different options we're not taking things away it's adding to the transport mix and I think this is where these conversations about removing uh, taking away stopping actually miss the broader thing of what councils like city of Melbourne and city of Yarra and broader things across the world are trying to do to get people either walking or riding more Absolutely right, Chris. And I think uh, one of the things that I find uh, frustrating is that, the, you know, that the pace is a very slow pace because some of these discussions uh, we've had in my capacity as a, as, as a representative of a major stakeholder in the CBD, I have had conversations with council about the, the bicycle lanes that are promised to come into Flinders Street. Please may they come very soon. It's quite unsafe in its current, uh, in, in its current setting and it's very timely, but we've had these conversations a year or so ago and no progress has been made so my sense is that other stakeholders will have had similar kind of uh, conversations in the business community so the, the kind of sense that this all comes as a huge surprise to us certainly as the people who administer places that are in the CBD we have had visibility of this before we've had the opportunity to give input into it and uh, a lot of us are very, very supportive of having this infrastructure because we just see the benefits uh, for our own members, the people who come here to work. There are lots of people who do ride. There would be many more people if there was more provision, uh, particularly, say, among our congregants um, who would want to ride in on a Sunday, if there was more provision, say, for bicycle parking. I've given feedback as a private individual on the uh, on the plans for the revamp of City Square. I think it needs far more bicycle parking on it. Uh, it's a paltry little <laughs> uh, provision that has been made there. So uh, mm. I think if we can think in terms of how do we want to live as a sustainable city uh, into the future and really get serious about enticing people uh, to come and cycle by having fantastic infrastructure, then we will see what we've seen in a lot of places in which I have lived and worked. I've studied in Amsterdam, uh, which is one of the most cycle-friendly cities in the world. I have lived and worked in Cambridge in the UK, which is also one of the most uh, livable and cyclable cities in the world. And there is no kind of sense that we would take it for granted in those cities that you can take your car right into the heart of the city. Uh, you do leave your, your car in a park-and-ride facility and then you make your commute by bus or by bicycle. And this, again, it's into resource allocation too. It's like it's providing, not taking away. And this is where the nuance of these uh, discussions gets missed, I think. I'm really appreciating how many more people have uh, during lockdown taken up to bikes. This is a wonderful thing. Uh, it's, it's a great way in uh, which you can maintain your personal fitness levels, but it's also a fantastic community. I found the, the cycling community, the riding community incredibly helpful whenever I was, uh, you know, 
fixing a flatty on a trail, there would be somebody invariably who'd come and stop by and say, UK mate. Uh, it's a wonderfully welcoming environment. Um, if you haven't reached out to your local club yet uh, or uh, haven't taken onto a bike yet, please do. Uh, mm. It's such a life-giving uh, and, and wonderful opportunity to, uh, to get out and about. And if you can make it your commute, I find it extraordinarily rewarding even in the raining sleet weather that we've been having uh, in, in these past few days. Yes, Melbourne or Naram has certainly been turning it on at the moment. <laughs> it's just, it does, it does, it does, yeah. <laughs> but there is, there is never any, there is never any, um, you know, there's only ever bad cycling gear. Uh, and so, you know, upping on your gear is a very good thing, uh, particularly as we face winter and uh, availing yourself of the opportunity of having fleece-lined <laughs> jerseys is a wonderful Oh, yes. Thermals. Thermals are your friend. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> we have a very enthusiastic cycling community at that Cathedral team. We, we, during lockdown, we had sort of, um, you know, who gets, who gets out uh, fastest and furthest. So um, <laughs> <laughs> the colleagues and I are keeping one another on our toes. I've got time for today on Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. Thank you to Rohan and Andres for making time to talk about the future Melbourne agenda item 6.9. And I'll put all the uh, dis- uh, links and the stuff into the podcast description, which should be up at 3cr.org. Start again, 3cr.org.au forward slash Yarrabug or on our mirror site, which is yarrabug.org mangling my words forward slash radio so don't forget 3cr radiothon keep community strong and uh enjoy your day stay warm and up next is sheep up followed by black block CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Backrose Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.